0: Brave the Wild with me, your host Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the sportsduff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Nice to be back on board once again today. We have two games to review, four games to preview, and kind of a back and forth with Nashville with Boston in between. So that'll be interesting. And then we get to play Dallas twice, but we'll only preview one of those as the uh, second of the two games is in Dallas, Texas on Saturday. So all home and away type games with uh, Nashville and Dallas coming up. Going to be really tough. And of course, Boston, really tough. So yeah, well, 1-2 Minnesota Wild beat Arizona finally. And then have a frustrating loss to LA. It looked like the Wild had that game and uh, just could not finish the job. So there's that there. Uh, we got the start of the NCAA tournament. Don Lucia has stepped down from the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who's going to be their head coach. Not sure I want uh, Mr. Bosco from St. Cloud State. A lot of people like him. He's the best-rated coach, all that. He's kind of the the hottest commodity out there. But, well, he's already in his mid-50s. And what has the St. Cloud State Huskies done? What have they done in the tournament for the last, you know, eternity? They've never won anything. Um, so, I don't know. Um, and And yet another one-and-done for them yesterday against Air Force, so again, I'm not too excited about that possibility. Uh, Gover Pug Live is a good place to go, but of course, I don't know, they're very sporadic with when they release their shows sometimes, and I don't know, especially when the season ends, it's like they just disappear off the face of the earth. I'm not sure why they do that, but they, they do that. I guess they're the busiest people in the world, but uh, welcome to my world, and I'm still here. So, <laughs> and of course, the wild season isn't over yet. Um, not sure. I, I've just given my two cents there. We'll talk about the prospects and such. Okay, so a certain seventh-round pick from Minnesota Duluth. Looking good yesterday. Looking good yesterday. And I know a lot of uh, Duluth Bulldog fans do listen to the show. It's a very popular team on Minnesota Wild Hardcore. So <laughs> I know, especially Jim and Sarah, they're from Duluth. So there's a lot of UMD up there, and they uh, they did it again. They survived, and they're moving forward again. We'll talk later. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about the Minnesota Wild finally beat the damn Coyotes. Gosh, why did it have to take this long? The Coyotes looked awfully good, though, and I think they have a future in this league, of course. Uh, will they be in Arizona or not is another story, but we'll just let that develop as is. You know, Niederreiter continues to look better and better. He was able to score on the power play along the way. Dumba continuing to pile up the numbers, which is good for him. Marcus Fellino with a nice skill type of play. Uh, Devin Dubnik was outstanding in this game, though I'd have to say he was the best player in this game. Even though Coyle, obviously, several chances. And he's looked so good. Uh, he was awesome in both of these games as well. Factored on the assist to Eric Stahl of Beauty. Eric Stahl's 38th goal of the year, Marcus Fellino, a nice skill goal, and a bunch of guys, again, picking up points that need them, Yule Erikssonek, Jule Ericssonek, we'll get it right one of these decades, nobody gets it right, uh, Daniel Winnick's 14th assist, and of course, Foligno's 8th goal of the year, Foligno, that's usually when he scores, is when he's kind of like up by the net, and the puck is loose, and he just kind of flings the puck towards the net, hoping something happens, and oh, oh, it went in, all right, Marcus, and he looks good doing it, that's for sure. Uh, it was a fairly skilled-looking play and all that, but at the same time, that's usually how his goals are. Just kind of a lucky bounce, a little puck luck, and, well, we'll take it. Marcus Celino, $3 million a year for lucky bounces, eh? Uh, but several, several breakaways given up, odd man rushes, uh, terrible play by Murphy. It was deflected by a Panic and then given to Clayton Keller, who beat Dubnik all alone. Uh, nothing Dubnik could do. Keller's 20th goal of the year. Again, the uh, star of the future for the Arizona Coyotes. There's so many names. Diamondbacks and Cardinals. I almost said it. I almost said both of them. It's Arizona Coyotes. Duh. Uh, I like the Arizona Coyotes. I love their jerseys and everything. And I just like the whole Southwest vibe, all that. Um, And I I like the future of the Arizona Coyotes. I, I think they've got something going. Clayton Keller in his first real full season out there, looking pretty damn good out there, leading his club in scoring, and it was a nice skill goal, plus Dubnik, and yeah, very good. Uh, nice deflection by Richard Panic to help start that play and led up to Clayton Keller. Terrible play by Murphy, though. Shot the puck right into Richard Panic basically, and that sent players the other way. Another turnover by Olofsson also created a 2-on-0 against Dubnik, but Dubnik was able to go uh, pick it up on the glove. Thank God for that, but... Uh, Boy, Arizona had their chances in this game, but it was all about Dubnik as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Again, uh, Stahl with the empty netter is 38, so continuing to rack up the numbers is Eric Stahl. He's now at 71 points on the season. That's awesome. And Mikhail Granlin has vanished off the face of the earth. I have no idea where he is. He's on milk cartons. Uh, He had a couple shot attempts on occasion in the L.A. game, but generally speaking, Mikhail, where are you? I don't know, is he hurt, or what's the problem? But he's not been visible, and I don't know, could him back with Stall, maybe, maybe? Maybe? Maybe we should forget about this koivu zucker Grandland line, because it doesn't seem to be working. Charlie Coyle, again, active throughout the night, and I've been very happy with what I've seen. Parisi looks so much better also as well. He didn't factor in the scoring, but solid out there, very solid. Tyler Ennis always gets his little chances, but never finishes. Oh, wow, what a play by Ennis, and he didn't finish. That's Tyler Ennis. That's Tyler Aniston in a nutshell, as far as I'm concerned. Yule eriksson though was able to pick up points in both of these games, and I'm very happy for him. Uh, he's now at 14 points on the year. He got his fourth goal of the season against the Kings. We'll talk about that shortly. Ten assists now on the season. So good for Yule. Jewel. He's a jewel of a player, and I hope he becomes more of a jewel of a player. Uh, Winnick was able to ink his 20th point of the year against those Arizona Coyotes you know, Niederreiter continues to look better and better. He looks healthier and healthier, and that's good. Of course, Spurgeon is out for a while, and then you got Mr. Murphy out there, and oh boy, I I don't know. I kind of like Murphy, but that was a yucky play, and it's quite unfortunate. Um, Ryan Murphy. Oof, boy, (laughs) it didn't look good. It was like (laughs) kind of embarrassing, to be quite honest. (sighs) You didn't see... uh, going crazy. You didn't see Nick Steeler out there going crazy just thinking about that play. stuff. Olison was in his uh, in his place out there. Murphy and Brodine together. They looked okay. And of course, Suter and Dumba in the top pairing. It sucks not having Spurgeon out there. It's not going to help against Dallas and Nashville and Boston. Boston's arguably the best team in the East right now. At least they're the hottest team in the East. So Kind of scary coming in, but a nice solid win. And Devin Dubnik, thank you very much for an awesome performance, I'd have to say, at the end of of the day. Um, as Dubnik was able to wind up with uh, 30 saves in the game, 31 shots attempted towards him, or at least uh, th- 31 shots on net, anyway, from those Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. Ooh. Arizona Coyotes. Arizona Coyotes. Arizona Coyotes. Gotta love them. And I do. I, I kind of do. It's a cool name and all that, so it is what it is there as we attempt to move forward at some point. Hopefully, but again, 31 shot attempts towards him. And boy, it felt like 50 because a lot of them were breakaways and they were some real, real legitimate scoring chances. Let's move on to the 19th. now that was St. Patrick's Day, the 17th of March, Saturday. Now I move to the 19th, Monday, and the Wild haven't played since. Another weird bye week. And then here come the games, and they're not going to be easy. None of them are going to be easy. Winnipeg Jets are now at 100 points, by the way, but Nashville. Is at one oh six? I'm not looking forward to playing that one. This is a game the Wild. Well, you know, it's not a must win, but damn it, please win. It's a please win game. You know, it would be nice. The Wild did get a point out of it, so that's good. Uh, the Kings did go up two to nothing in this game, and they looked like the better team, particularly early. And then you saw the Wild kind of make things interesting along the way, and then even take the lead. And you were like, "Wow, we're gonna steal this one away!" And it felt so good. But generally speaking. The Wild had so many chances in this game. Charlie uh, Coyle hit the post. Charlie Coyle shot wide on what looked like a good shot. Oh, it's heartbreaking. the puck was pushed wide, this and that. So many opportunities for the Wild. Need a rider. Uh, Granlin looked like he could have scored standing up. And, of course, he didn't. And it's just... Oh, so many chances for the Wild to bury one against uh, Jonathan Quick in this game. And they just did not finish time and time again. Uh, Parisi was able to get a nice wrister for his ninth goal of the season. It just feels like, oof. Oh, it feels like 10 years in between Parise's goals, even though he's been playing better. It's still frustrating. You want to get, you just want more out of Parise. Uh Murphy did get his third point of the season on a Reiter, a rare assist this year for some reason. His assists have been way down uh, compared to last season. And that's why his numbers are so low. Only 29 on the year. Also the fact he'd been playing with his ankle and groin situation. He's struggled most of the year with all that, and he's been better lately, significantly better. Thank God. Um, uh, But it was a nice wrister by Parisi to finally break through Jonathan Quick midway through that second period to make it 2-1. Again, Tanner Pearson and Jeff Carter, who's a name you'll hear later, and he had a hell of a game for the Kings. And the Wild with too many penalties in this game. It felt particularly early, and the Kings do capitalize on only one of the power plays. Luckily, it was only one. Felt like more. <clears throat> it really kind of did, but, uh, geez. Mm, overall, a, uh, frustrating finish to a game that had a lot of promise. Uh, the Wilds start playing significantly better. You start seeing, uh, more and more opportunities. Uh, at the end of the day and it's not even if the wild had a lot of penalties it was just that they were back to back right on top of each other and it you just knew it was gonna catch up to the wild in this game that was the frustrating side of it like you just knew somehow some way it was gonna hurt us and it did and of course it did the kings of course hung on to that lead for a while there like mentioned but then you finally saw something break through again you saw eric stahl with a beautiful beautiful wrist from a ways out there the guy just makes it look easy, doesn't he? Uh, Suter and Dumbo. Dumbo with his 30th assist on the season as he continues to pile up the points. 41 now on the year. Very cool. Career high. Everything he does is a career high and he's continuing to add. He's also a plus minus of a plus 13 on the season. Zucker's a plus 12 right behind him, but number one on the team is Jonas Brodine with 24. Wow. Jonas Brodine, awesome in the plus minus this year, despite missing time with a broken bone. And he's a Wow. It's amazing how little of time Brodine actually missed and how excellent he's been throughout the season, uh, with no lingering effects. Even Niederreiter's a plus 15. That's kind of hard to believe with how he's struggled. It's weird. Maybe it's just luck. He just happened to be on the ice at the right time, right place. And there is a bit of a part of it. Awesome, awesome Wrister by Eric Stahl. Just one more for the Big 4-0. This will be only the second wild player in team history to get to 40 goals. Of course, Marion Gabrick did it years ago. The same season where he had that five-goal game against the New York Rangers, which ended up being his future team, Within about a year, there, ah, so frustrating to see him go as good as he was, and then he had that on and off injured the whole damn year, basically, and then left the wild. That was the final year of his current contract at the time, and he went and signed one with the rangers and that was all she wrote. Gabrick never returning to the wild again, even in that possible Pominville trade <laughs> that ended up where, uh, Gabrick the same year ended up going to the Los Angeles Kings and the, the history changed nicely for the Kings and Gabrick there. So good for him, I suppose. Um <laughs> Eriksson-Eck with also a beauty. Just that nice hesitation, keeping Jonathan Quick guessing, and was able to release right time, right place. It was a pretty nice skill goal by Ewell Eriksson-Eck. Fourth goal of the season. Almost looked like Thomas Vanek's goal. A little tiny bit. That, that hesitation, waiting, and then let go of the puck at the right time, right place. Raised the puck past uh, Mr... Jonathan Quick for his fourth goal of the season and his 14th point on the year. He was playing on a line with Zucker and Coyle. Interesting. As the lines continued to shuffle throughout the night as this is working, this isn't working, this is working, that's working, whatever is working, it's working. And it worked. (laughs) That was interesting. Um, Definitely a mess out there. And definitely a frustrating week for uh, Mikhail Granlin who did not get a point at all. And he's been quiet of late, as mentioned about 50 times on the show already. Dustin Brown was able to tip one in. I mean, the Wild take a 3-2 lead with two and a half minutes remaining in the game. You're thinking, yes, we're going to pull away from this one after being down 2 to nothing against Jonathan Quick and the and the Los Angeles Kings who are playing a hell of a lot better than they were earlier in the season. And then Drew Doughty puts the puck on net, and it goes past Dubnik. Unbelievable. A wonderful shot, and I won't lie about this. A great shot by Drew Doughty. Oh... Ugh, just It just happened to get past all the wild defenders through all that traffic. And then Dustin Brown magically tips it up past Dubnik. It's just unbelievable. You thought it was going to go over the net, and that would have been great. But, of course, it didn't go over the net. It went past Dubnik and his 22nd goal of the year officially for Dustin Brown for the deflection. Drew Doughty, 45 assists on the year. Kopitar, of course, the overall star of the Kings, 52 assists uh, as of that goal, just heartbreaking and frustrating. And you go to overtime and it's like, if you don't score early, the other team will, that's kind of what overtime has turned into kind of a breakdown defensively here. The puck put on net by Kempe. And then Jeff Carter simply releases the puck off of the juicy rebound, just a wrister. And that was it. Jeff Carter's second goal of the game, only his eighth of the season. He had a seventh and his eighth on the season. Jeff Carter had a wonderful game for the Kings. He had multiple opportunities throughout the night. He could have had a hat trick, but so could have several players on the wild. I mean, freaking Coyle could have had a hat trick in this game. Uh, I think <laughs> Koivu, there's at least one or two parts of the game where, how the F did Koivu not score here? And that's, it's always like that. And that's why Coyle isn't a scorer. He's only got 13 goals in the season. He's had, he has so many chances and he never flip and finishes. And I'm trying not to curse my head off. And that's where the frustration comes in. Obviously, Koivu is more of a second-slash-third-line center. He's he, There were short stretches where he was a top-line center before he started getting hurt all the time years ago, when he was a teeny bit faster, way, way back. And like, yeah, way back. It's not that long ago, but long ago, about 10, 10 years ago or so, when, when Koivu was looked on as the best player on the team. But uh, really, for the longest period of time, it's just the guy doesn't score. <laughs> he just doesn't score. He'll score sometimes. But there are so many times quavo could... I mean, it's like he could be a 30-goal scorer if he just... You know, he's like a half-second faster, this and that, on some of his wristers and some of his opportunities. You just you can't believe it, and even he can't believe it most of the time. And that's just the way it goes with certain players. Quay, although putting the puck on that several times in this game, and good for him, he was able to get an assist on the euler uh, net goal. And it was nice. It was more of Jule getting the rebound there and then right time, right place, and finishing on the shot. And that was a great play. You're always happy to see Jule Ericssonek score and continue to be what we know he can be in this league at some point. Again, if given the opportunity as well, as he's put more of a defensive position, of course, with the Wild. He's, he's you, always in the bottom six and often on the fourth line even. This was the third line, of course. It's interesting to see Zucker on the third line, but that's kind of how that goes. He's got 57 points on the air. That's a career high that continues to climb, and Studer's on his way to 50 points, by the way, at 49. Awesome. Awesome. Qu- quietly unbelievable season for Suter. He's had some great games. He's had some gaffs out there, which are going to happen, especially when you're gassed out there and you play too many minutes out there, and that's kind of the case with uh, uh, Ryan Studer over the course of time. I hardly ever talk about him on this show, and, and it just it shows that. It's like he's that left tackle on your offensive line for football or right tackle, whichever position, <laughs> who just quietly goes about his game and does a good job most of the time. And anytime there's a mistake, it's like, oh, he sucks. But you never talk about how good he is, and that's kind of how Suter has been most of his career here. He doesn't stand out like a superstar, and he's not exciting like a like like a Supan or or even his former linemate, Jay Weber, once upon a time. A bit more exciting than Ryan Suter. He he's he's got this monotone melancholy look all the time but at the same time you see the intensity in his eyes also. He's 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 always giving, you know, he's always giving his all out there for the most part and of course the minutes are <laughs> the minutes are always crazy and they're too much and that's where you see the gaffes on occasion. And a lot of times he's hung out to dry when it's like he's the defenseman on a 3 on 1. Oh, Ryan Studer, what the hell was that? Well, he can't guard three people at once. He can't defend three players at once, skating his direction. I mean, good luck. Just like a Dubnik giving up a goal on a 2-0. On a and oh, Well, good luck. You know, I mean, if Dubnik makes a stop, it's a great play. If he doesn't, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, you can't get mad at him. And that's a similar situation as Ryan Suter as he does get hung out to dry an awful lot out there. The Mike Madonna Award for this particular episode, Dubnik, uh, I, I thought he had a really strong week. At the end of the day, I really liked what Devin did out there. Uh, Charlie Coyle, honorable mention. He's continuing to do what he does out there. He's been the best player on the ice for the Wild for the most part. Nice to see Eric Stahl just continuing to be right place, right time, and all that. Now, this was a good goal. The other one was, of course, empty natter, but it was a great play by Charlie Coyle, winning the wall battle, and, of course, a behind-the-back pass to, to Eric Stahl. So, again, Charlie Coyle, strong honorable mention for the Mike Madonna Award. I'm going to give it to Dubnik for his incredible performance in Arizona, because if he wasn't on his game, Arizona would have beat the Wild. I just about guarantee it. They were generally speaking the better team out there, but Dubnik was better, and of course the Wild were able to finish the job. Thank God, with Marcus Foligno's little uh, flick in front of the net there with uh, Antiranta. Antiranta out there, so yeah, Dubnik, definitely. Uh, keep it up, Devin. <laughs> he has been way better since that awful game against the Colorado Avalanche. Woke him up, frustrated him that he didn't get to play against the Vegas Golden Knights. But you know what? Alex Daylock is a more than capable NHL goalie. I like him a lot. I know my buddy Chris over there in the San Jose area, Northern California, got back in touch with him, sent him some coffee bender from Sterling. And I know he's happy about that because we, we had a little bet a year ago where it was the Sharks Wild, whatever. San Jose Sharks, Minnesota Wild. He's on Teal Town. That's a podcast. Of course, that's how we met. And then uh, we had a bet, and whoever wins uh, gets beer from the other guy. You know, beer sent to him. And the Wild one, of course. The Wild had been doing really well against the Sharks. Where years ago, I would have been sending a lot of beer to Chris, if you know what I mean. The Wild never beat the Sharks years ago. Now the Sharks never beat the Wild. Knock on wood. <laughs> Knock on wood there, because, yeah... <laughs> Wild easily could have lost recently to them. That was a scary game. Um, Oh, oh, they almost lost that game recently when uh, Mr. Burns had some good moments. But then, of course, Spurgeon was able to finish the job. That was so cool. Um, But no, the Wild won the game, and then Chris sent me this box. It, It took a little while. Obviously, he's busy. He's a busy guy and this and that, just like me. So it kind of is what it is. And all of a sudden, this big box comes in the mail, and I couldn't believe how much was in there. Just the generosity of the guy. Just incredible. See, here, it's Surly. That's kind of the crown jewel of Minnesota beer right now. Even though it's only about 10 years old, the uh, company, 10, 11 years old, 2007, started in Brooklyn Center, is now in downtown Minneapolis. Um, But I believe still in Brooklyn Center, the little old uh, place there, which was once a... I figure what they call that, doggone it. i um, will get back to that in a little bit. But basically they grind, you know, I don't even know. They weld metal and stuff like that and grind it. And I forget what the heck they call that. It's a common word, but it was a warehouse of such that his parents owned. And he was able to, years later, turn that into the uh, Surly Brewery, blah, blah, blah. Okay, why, why am I going off so long on this? But he sent me this wonderful stuff, and it was Smith. That's in Northern California. That's their crown jewel, to make a long story short. <laughs> and incredible generosity from the guy. And even though the Wild haven't played the Sharks, and they did beat them recently, I wanted to send him Bender, because that was what he he likes a lot, Sterling Bender, because he's been to Minnesota before. Okay, I drugged that a little long, but a big shout-out there to Chris of the Teal Town Podcast, San Jose Sharks. So a little background information there. Hope you guys don't mind me bringing that up. Um, but Mike Madonna Award, Devin Dubnik, a strong honorable mention. In fact, he was almost a co-award for Charlie Coyle. He was the best skater in these two games. The James Semper Memorial, to me, is obvious, and it's a guy we're counting on at, at this time of the year, and I don't know, stop disappearing late in the season. This last year we got mad at Dubnick for disappearing late in the season. Devin, if he can keep this up this year, and of course with the Alex Dalek's presence on the roster, yeah, this could be a successful playoff run this year, and I hope so. Mikhail Granlin, where are you? Mikhail? Mikhail? Okay, where's... There he is. He's on a milk carton, but he's missing. Mikhail, come on, man. Still at 58 points. That's not bad numbers or anything, but we're not seeing anything from the guy. He's, like, not visible out there. Occasionally he'll be there, but then he doesn't finish, this and that. He's looking like freaking Tyler Ennis right now. $4.6 million a year for Tyler Ennis. That's about what Granlin's making, too. Now, Granlin's making more than Ennis, five point seven. But Granlin's had... Uh, Granlund's best season is better than anything Ennis has ever done anyway, but fudge, knuckers, man. That's expensive stuff for uh, Tyler Ennis. Okay, I've complained about that enough, and I've complained about uh, Grandland enough and all that. Minnesota ends up going one and one and then here comes the real schedule. Granlund James Tepper Memorial. will be back to preview four games and then talk about the prospects and a little bit of teeny tiny bit of that NCAA tournament because of the success of at least one of the guys. back here on Brave the Wild. Notice the Blades of Steel uh, <laughs> bumper music there. That's usually when you see the uh, the whole, you're looking for your team, you're selecting what you're going to do, if it's a tournament or whatever, and well for the tournament part, they show the bracket, and I think I always think of this song with the NCAA tournament is they're showing the bracket, and we're heading into the uh, the NCAA hockey tournament, and there's the Gophers number one, no, number two, no, three, no, they didn't make it at all, Nope. But you saw a four seed win, you saw a three seed win, you saw a two seed win, you saw a one seed win. So, yeah, um, you kind of saw everything yesterday, didn't you? We'll talk about that in a second when we get into the uh, whole uh, conversation there. And last as long as it's still visible. And yes, it is. Just wanted to make sure, right? (laughs) It is funny, though. Yep, you saw one, two, three, and four, all different different, different groups win there. There were four games. So, at least it's diverse. (laughs) And the four seed, yeah, beating St. Cloud oh, Moscow, and this just, just reminds you of Holy Cross with the Gophers, and it's like, you know, I'm not just saying this because, oh, because it happened yesterday, I'm saying because St. Cloud's never done anything, as good as they are in the regular season, they've never done jack, so here I go, getting ahead of myself, got all this other stuff to talk about, Nashville Predators, a team that has done jack, last year they were the eighth seed in the Western Conference, if there is such a thing, but yes, they were the eighth seed. And yes, they uh, had a hell of a season, didn't they, Uh, in the playoffs. And I think they're the odds on favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year. Even though other rankings actually put the Winnipeg Jets as the favorite to win the Cup, the most likely team to win the Stanley Cup is all these different odds and this and that. And the Wilder somewhere in the middle there out of all the playoff teams. The Wilder are a decent team here, obviously. 90 points on the season with nine games remaining. So a very strong chance Minnesota gets to 100 points. Winnipeg has already done that. So only six points behind the National Predators are the top-scoring team in the NHL. And also have, uh, or actually, they're the ninth-scoring team in the NHL, and they have the best goals against because Pekka Rinne has been unbelievable this year. And that's how you win a Stanley Cup. Uh, Jaros Saros as well. Jose Saros has three shutouts on the season, 11 total for the National Predators this year. And again, you have an above-average offense. Yeah, I I didn't think they were the top-scoring offense. That's got to be the Tampa Lightning, right? It it is. but ninth overall. Scott Hartnell's still playing. That's pretty amazing. Every time I see that name, I'm like, wow. Ryan Johansson, that trade a couple years ago. um, 46 points on the year. Victor Arvidsson leading the way with 56. Philip Forsberg uh, off and on injuries sometimes. 53 points. P.K. Supan is dangerous as all hell. 15 goals and 52 overall points. One of the top defensemen in the NHL to go along with Roman Josie, who's also got 47 points. He's an all-star level talented defenseman. For so there it is again, just like you had Shea Weber and Mr. Ryan Studer. Now you got Subban and uh, Josie. Oh boy, 99 points between those two guys this year on the season ain't over yet. That's pretty freaking good. Again, though, the goaltending is off the charts. I mean, Saros is unbelievable. 8-5 and on the year, 2.37. Imagine that as your backup. It was three shutouts, but maybe that's your backup, but then if he gets the main role, he's not as good. But then you have your starter, who you're never, you know, who's even better, 2.26, goals against average, eight shutouts, 93 save percentage. 40 and 10 is Pekka Rinne, 30 games above 500. Oh, and by the way, when Devin Dubnik beat his former Q in Arizona, that was his 200th career victory, so very cool there. Pekka Rene making it look like he could get 400 career wins if he has yeah, if he has a few more wins like this, or seasons like this. Pekka Rene has been unbelievable for the Nashville Predators. He was great throughout the postseason last year. And he's the kind of guy, remember how the Wild used to smoke him, and then it would be like, well, he's good, but gosh, he had an awful game. He's good, but gosh, he had an awful game. But then all of a sudden, now you're just flat out saying he's good, and he is. Um, Nashville is 4-5 and five out of their last five. Most recently, they have lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs in Nashville. Weird. 5-2 uh, to two loss. Oof. Ouch. Huh. That's not a real good game. Mmm. Well, that's how it goes sometimes, eh? Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. Whew. Well, they're going to visit the Minnesota Wild tonight on Paul versus Caniff's 38th birthday. Happy birthday again to Paul Caniff. A friend of mine, again, moved to Seattle years ago and most recently has moved to Jersey City. So cool, he has a nice view of Manhattan, the Manhattan skyline from his apartment, his brand new apartment. So I miss him, but I'm happy for him that he likes where he is and all that. So very cool. National Predators, all that. I uh, I don't know. Uh, if you're going to win one of these two games, it has to be this one, I guess. I mean, the Wilds supposedly are a great home team, but lately we've been losing home games to Colorado and Los Angeles, and maybe we go win in Nashville. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> generally speaking, the Wilds' home record is pretty good, though, and we've been playing a little bit better on the road, too. Um, that nice back-to-back last weekend with, uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Arizona, Coyotes, I don't know. A little bit of better road record in general. You beat Vancouver, all that. So the Wild have won three out of their last four other than that bleeping Edmonton game on the road. That's their last road loss. I'm guessing their next road loss will be in Nashville. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't like this schedule. Oh boy. The Wild historically have been good against Boston until Mike Yo's last game. But uh, I don't know. Let's look at this matchup a little deeper here. I don't like it. I'm scared to death. I, I guess if you're going to win a game, you're going to win this one out of the two because I don't want to pick a sweep by Nashville. Minnesota has beaten Nashville two times this year. So, yeah, I guess we'll win the season series. Nashville beat the Wild 3 to nothing, shut out by Pekka Rinne back on the 30th of December. 4 to 2 victory for the Wild on the 29th of December, just the day before, so that was that, oh, that was that very entertaining home-and-home thing, kind of like a college hockey type of weekend, that was awesome, Friday, Saturday, that was cool, and then Thursday, the 16th of November, Minnesota beat, uh, Pekka Rene, 6-4, pretty nasty night for Mr. Rene, but since then, he stepped up big time, as Nashville did not start off the season also great, but they're looking like the top team in the league right now, um, it's Minnesota versus Nashville on the 24th today, and then the 27th in a couple of days in Nashville, Tennessee, after playing the Boston Bruins tomorrow. Ouch. Mm, it's not going to be an easy schedule coming up. Not liking it very much. I keep bringing it up. Uh, well, I mean, again, if you're going to win one of these games, it's going to be this one. I think the Minnesota Wild protect their home ice, and they actually win the season series against the best team in the NHL right now. Very amazing, and it'll feel good when it does happen. Um, I think it's going to be a final score of like 3-2. to two. Devin Dubnik's going to have to be a net against this one. you got to see Staloc at some point, though, coming up here. And I I, I don't want Staylock in both games here. I want, yeah, Dubnyk, I think, and I believe Boudreaux is going to go Dubnyk versus Nashville, and he will go Stalock versus Boston. That's just my opinion, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So what? As long as it's split up. Do not put Dubnyk in both these games. Please. If you value the opportunity for a playoff run, do not hit Devin Dubnyk in these back-to-backs. and Because uh, of, of late, boudreaux has been putting Dubnyk in back-to-backs until the uh, Vegas Knights came there last, week, last weekend. Minnesota's going to beat the uh, Nashville Predators, I believe. Oh, I don't like this. Boy, yeah, but I, I think Minnesota is going to beat the National Predators tonight. It's going to be a 3 to 2 victory, kind of a clamp down. It, it might be higher scoring, but I, I don't know. I like the way Dumit's playing. And of course, Nashville, generally speaking, has played a bit better until the Toronto game, which does give me some hope. Some hope. That's a pretty recent home loss for the uh, National Predators. Um, 3 to 2 victory, though. More than likely, score for the Minnesota Wild tonight is going to be Eric Stahl's going to get his 40th goal of the season or should I just wait till tomorrow for that one yeah i'm going to wait till tomorrow on national television still get his 40th goal on nbc sports network in the evening there so tonight instead of uh, Dubnik, i got to go with whoo it's always tough but huh. Should I say uh, Zach Reezy? No, Charlie Quayle's going to get rewarded for his strong play of late again, and he's going to get his 10th goal of the year. Hard to believe, only 10 goals, but at least he's finally starting to put the puck on that and be more aggressive offensively, and he's starting to get paid off a little bit and maybe even have a multi-point game here, a goal assist, something like that, but Minnesota's going to escape, and Devin Dumnick is going to be good in the game. NBC Sports the following day here, 25th of March, against the Boston Bruins who are playing excellent hockey, generally speaking, over there. They have lost three out of their last four, though, so that, again, gives me hope. Uh, most recently, they did beat the Dallas Stars on the road 3-2. to two. That's not bad. Uh, of course, Tuka Rask, one of the better goalies out there as well. He's had up and up and down years, but Boston, who had been playing well, but they have only won two out of their last five. They beat Tampa and Dallas, though. Wow. Lose 3 0 to Florida, lose to Columbus, not too surprising, and also lost to St. Louis, who's quietly starting to play a teeny tiny bit better. But Boston, <clears throat> their goaltending is solid, but their offense is awesome. Uh, one of the best in the league. And again, also, they are actually the number two goals against, which is hard to believe. Hard to believe. You'd think it's more their goals four, but no, their goals four, they're sixth in the league. That's weird. I thought for a. <laughs> I can't even believe what I'm looking at, but again, when you have a nice strong backup goalie. You have a chance, and that's the end of the day. And of course, I'm guessing the defense in front as well for Boston, <laughs> yes, is, is a part of it. Uh, Brad Marchand leading the way with 78 points, 32 goals. David Prostnick also 72 points, 29 goals in the season. Patrice Bergeron continuing his strong play over the years. Tori Krug 52 points. Wow. Um, <clears throat> as just they continue to add more and more ability there. They have Riley Nash, <laughs> which is funny with also recently adding Rick Nash. He's got six points in the 11 games since the trade deadline and all that. Chara's ancient now. He's, he's in his 40s. 23 points in the year. Certainly not in the same role he was in the past. Charlie McAvoy, who's an up-and-comer. He's got 32 points. One of the uh, up-and-coming defensive player, uh, blue liners out there. David Backus, and horrible contract. Overpriced, oft-injured David Backus. 28 points in the 50 games he's been able to play. But a dangerous team nonetheless. It's almost like I want to reverse these games, but it's like you want to hope that this team can respond well. Uh, Minnesota has, historically has been good against Boston, at least kind of recently. <sighs> Yet it's like my memory's going all over the place. Uh, Minnesota's had some strong games, of course. Boston did win on the sixth of November. It wasn't the prettiest game ever. Can the Wild pull off a sweep against the Boston Bruins? I kind of think they can. I kind of think they can. I, I I like the Wild chances. Why am I feeling so optimistic all of a sudden? Because, I mean, you know, even though the Wild didn't play well against L.A., they almost had the game won. But I think the Wild are going to beat the Bruins. I, I don't know what it is, but I think they're going to beat this team. I, I, I've i got a sneaky feeling, you know, these home games, these national TV games. I mean, of course, we lost our most recent one against the L.A. Kings, but I just got a feeling this team's going to be ready to play this weekend, and they're going to beat Nashville and Boston back-to-back. I've got a feeling, and of course, I think Alex Taylor's going to turn in a really nice one. I got a strange feeling, even though this offense is really good, and of course the goaltending of Boston, that probably would be the undoing of the Wild. But then again, if anything, the undoing would be Boston's offense. Like a 4-2 to two type game in favor of Boston. Maybe an empty netter, maybe not even an empty netter, just a 4-2 to two game or something. Empty net, though Boston ends up winning 5-2. to two. It's, all on, uh, it's all on the Wild goaltending. And of course, well, again... The goaltending is a big part of it. You have to get good goaltending, but you also have to not leave them out to dry. The Wild have to continue to eliminate the turnovers and play smart hockey in this game. Boston's not playing as well as they have been, and that's encouraging to me as well. And I, I just got a feeling, I, I don't think Boston's going to sweep the Wild. I don't think so. I, I expect a, a strong weekend here for Minnesota. Anton Kulobin is also the other goaltender for the Boston Bruins, of course. He's he's about 2.5 goals against average and one shot out on the year. Amazingly, Tuka Rask and Kudelka both have the same save percentage, which is weird. It's it's weird. Uh, Tuka Rask has not faced that many shots when you consider the goals he's given up. So that's pretty much what causes that. Uh, you now the hope is the Wild can put the puck on net and finish against Tuka Rask because he'll probably be the goalie. I mean, most likely. It's not a back to back for Boston. It is for us. Uh, Staylock versus Rask. I like Staylock. I like his competitiveness. I have a feeling he's going to keep Boston to two or three goals, and Minnesota's going to somehow get the job done here. 3-2, to 4-3, to three, something like that. 4-2, to two, maybe empty net type of situation. The most likely guy to score will be Eric Stahl. He will score his 40th goal of the season, but I think Minnesota's going to beat Boston. I've got a feeling that Minnesota's going to beat Boston. I'm feeling crazily optimistic, and I don't know. I, I, I just feel good about it. Call me crazy, but that's what I'm going with. Minnesota's going to have 94 points after this, but then I think things will take a turn a little bit. Not majorly negatively, but you head to Nashville. We already talked about the players on the team. I don't think Minnesota wins in Nashville. I think Supan and all that and Rask or Staros, whoever's in net, I think it's going to be Rask. Rask. <laughs> See, here I go. Renee or Staros, whoever's in net, is going to keep the Wild down to a minimum in this one. I just... I. I... I don't have a good feeling at all. Something like 3-1. to one, Superman will find a way to get one in the back of the net, along with Forsberg, who always seems to score against the Wild. Tourists actually scored last time around, too, in that 3 nothing game against the National Predators. But I expect a lower-scoring type of game, 3-1 to one in favor of the National Predators, and they will defeat the Minnesota Wild on the road. On the 27th of March, Tuesday the 27th, then you get the 29th game, another NBC Sports game. Well, again, again... <laughs> Dallas Stars, there they are. Oh, I'm Looking at all those North Star hats over there, three of them to be exact, all with the N, none of them with the Stars on it, even though even though the North Stars logo before, right before they left was not bad. It's just, it's got a sour taste in our mouth because that's the team that laughed and they had that that logo and everything. It sucks, and now they took it over to Dallas. This matchup is all over the place. Again, it's home away. It's just like Nashville. Minnesota 4-2 to on the 27th of December. Dallas 6-1. to Oh, and I do remember that so well. That was an awful, 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 awful game on the 3rd of February. Awful game. I think it's going to be a split for the season between Minnesota and Dallas, and I think the Wild win this game. I, I, I don't think Minnesota's going to get swept by Nashville. I like the match. You know, the Wild have played well against the Nashville Predators. I cannot pick them to get swept, but I cannot pick them to sweep Nashville either. Minnesota will win the season series against the Nashville Predators 3-2, to which is really amazing. I think Minnesota splits with Dallas. I think Minnesota wins on the 29th of March and loses on the 31st of March in Dallas, Texas uh, next Saturday. I think Minnesota will lose that game, so I'm already jumping ahead, but I'll talk about them some more. Of course, Dallas, well, again, solid goaltending. Not great, but the shutouts are what have kept Ben Bishop uh, uh, above water. 2.49 goals against average. Inconsistency is Ben Bishop, kind of like Devin Durbin. <laughs> Kerry Letton become a solid backup. He's 500 on the year, though. They haven't had much success in front of K- Kerry Letton. Not that they ever really did. Once in a blue moon, they did, though. So, sorry, Kerry. I don't mean to rip on you too much. 2.54 goals against average. One shot off at five for Bishop. 2.49. The former Tampa Bay Lightning uh, starting goaltender, of course, who took them to the Stanley Cup Finals, or at least, well, he was good enough to be the goaltender on that team. And he, he was solid, though. He was better there than he's been in Dallas, I'd have to say. Sagan and Ben. Sagan and Ben. We've talked about them a million times. Radulov, who's been in and out of the United States over the years, having an awesome season. 65 points for him. He's been in and out of the U.S. Rudolov from Russia there. 26 goals, 65 points. Klingberg, probably as great a scoring defenseman as you're going to get in the NHL with the 54 assists. He just guides that power play like very few do. 61 points for Klingberg. That is phenomenal stuff. A bit like Larry Murphy out there. (laughs) <laughs> a bit similar in a sense. Tyler, Sagan, and Ben, of course, leading the way. And most importantly, all all four of these guys, Rudolph, Klingberg, Ben, and Sagan, have stayed healthy the whole season. And you know what? They deserve credit. They deserve a hand. Tyler Pitlick, son of Lance Pitlick and, of course, Rem Pitlick on the Minnesota Gophers. Minnesota Tides Tyler Pit- Pitlick. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. Uh, carving out a niche in the NHL. At least, you know, as a bottom six forward there. Not bad, though. 14 goals in the year. little Eric Holla role when he was with the Wild. Not quite with Nashville, but kind of the Eric Holla for the uh, Dallas Stars. Few more goals than assists, and he's carving it out. He's doing okay. Oh, boy. Well, I will pick a win against the Dallas Stars in this game, and I can't pick Eric Holla to score against them because he was the guy that always did, but I can pick Mr. Zach Parise. Zach Parise is going to score his, at least his 10th goal this season against the Dallas Stars. I feel strong about Zach Parise against Dallas. I just, you know, and obviously that's his father's former team. Not that, that really you don't really feel it anymore because it's a long bleeping time ago, but I don't know. I, I just got a feeling about Zach Parise against the Stars, and he's been playing a lot better of late, and I've been happy with what Zach does, and well, his, his timing is a bit back. You know, he's not scoring like a, at a great clip, but he's scoring at a solid clip, at a, maybe a 20 to 25 goal type of guy. That's really how how he's scoring, and he will be the most likely guy to score against the Dallas Stars. I am picking a win, and I'm going to pick an extremely optimistic 3 to 1 win, uh, week for the Minnesota Wild. Three in one week. 96 points. Minnesota will come back with at least 95. Maybe you'll have a uh, overtime loss somewhere. Overtime slash shootout loss in one of these games. But I think Minnesota is going to get the majority of the eight points, though, that are sitting uh, staring them in the face here in the next four games coming up before next week's show. Minnesota will win this game 4-2. to two. I'm going to say 4-3. to 4-2, 4-3, to 5-3 to, three, five to three possibly with the empty netter, but Zach Parisi will at least, at very least, have his 10th goal of the season, if not 11th or 12th, depending on how he does in the previous three games. So there it is, a 3-1, to one, extremely optimistic uh, outlook. <laughs> I don't mean to be silly about it, it's just I, I like the way the Wild are playing now, and these matchups, they're tough, but we know these guys. It's divisional matchups, and you win your home games, you lose your road games. Maybe sometimes you win the road and lose the home. This and that, but again, again, it's usually a split type of a situation. You're not going to get swept by by Dallas. You're not going to get swept by Nashville. And I, I don't know. And it's another NBC Sports game. I I usually feel good about those, and it's fun how the Wild get to be on national television two games. That's pretty cool. Nice to know that they nice to know that they like us. They like us. That's great. Three to one week for the Minnesota Wild. Now let's talk about the prospects a little bit here. And as always, we start with the Iowa Wild. Another just kind of a meh week is, again, the team has not been playing well. They've lost their last few games to, against the Griffins there. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I've been I've been unhappy with the play of this team of late, and it's too bad. And again, that's the Iowa Wild. Uh, the Minnesota Wild have been playing a bit better. Uh, Sam Anas, continue, Anas continuing to be one of the main guys. He did score again recently. Last night, his 21st goal of the season, 53 points on the year, so good for him. Generally speaking, though, it's been the minor leaguers that have factored in most of the scoring and such. Zach Mitchell's been up with the Wild, but he's been scratched because he's just, you know, he's a minor league player. And he's more of like, he's just kind of here right now in case somebody gets hurt, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure Iowa could use Zach Mitchell because he's one of the best players on the Iowa wild, without a doubt with the limited play. He had the 29 points in 33 games there because he had that extended uh, stretch with Minnesota. Of course, no injury to talk about. Victor Louve has now six assists as he continues to factor in that here and there when given the opportunity young, Mr. Uh, where is he? <laughs> Pablo Jenny's has been so quiet. Um, He's been up with Iowa the past week or so, of course, with the call-ups with Minnesota, uh, call-ups to Minnesota and such. Um, other players have gotten opportunities from the ECHL, like Dante Salaturo and Pavel Jennings. Neither one of them have been doing a whole lot. Jenis did score a goal in his first game with Iowa a while ago. Earlier when he had a, um, a brief call-up and sent back down to the ECHL, where he's been much stronger than he had been last year. But since then, has not factored in any of the scoring. The Czech Republic native, um, Pavel Jenny's only one goal so far in the eight games. He's been with uh, the Iowa Wild, seventh-round pick a few years back. Of course, Chase Lang almost never scores at all. He's a forward who doesn't score. He's another uh, draft pick for Minnesota a few years back. Again, Dante Salaturo acquired for Jordan Schrader last year. ECHL player, still young, though, still got a chance. He's only 20 years old, but he's not doing a whole lot. In the AHL at this stage. So again, unfortunately, the major prospects uh, are either on the wild already or injured. Of course, in Luke Cunningham's case, which sucks, or still in college. Um, God, I hate that Luke Cunningham's hurt. I would like to see what he's doing. Of course, Clues and Anas are two guys who are in the minor leagues now. They were not drafted, but I think they're. I think they have NHL ability. Krzysztof uh, Versky has been doing very well, though, for the uh, the Bringham Devils. He's been doing well, where Mario Lucia hasn't done jack, basically, so far. So, Lucia and Lucia, both gone out of Minnesota now. Well, Lucia's going to stay in Minnesota, but he won't be the head coach of the uh, Gophers anymore. He'll be a consultant, and he'll still probably hang around the U of M here, here and there and such, I'm sure. He's got one year remaining on his contract, and he will not lose a cent from it. So, it's a pretty expensive consultant there, you know. But it is what it is, you know. I'm sure his consulting will be, uh, hey, let's have a cup of coffee and talk about God knows what. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) who knows, or maybe just certain possibilities of who might be a good choice for next coach. Just little information, not necessarily I'm going to tell you who to be the coach, but yeah, there I go talking about that. Uh, Anas and Klus, though. Anas, Anas, I'm never going to say it right. I know it's Anas, and I keep saying Anas. Anas and Klus, those are two guys that deserve to be in the NHL at some point. At least get a crack at it. Anas needs to get a call up at some point, and I'm frustrated that he's not been on the Wild, but I suppose it's better than getting scratched. Because if he's at the NHL and getting scratched, well, what good is that? Uh, might as well be in the AHL and play for now. And oh, honest, you deserve you deserve some ice time in the NHL, even if it's in the third line. So what? You know, and you know, and a, like an occasional, once in a blue moon, a few seconds on the power play to see what he can do. Because he's a top power play guy for the AHL's Iowa Wild, and man, I want to see him at the NHL level. Justin Kluce is he's been good everywhere he's gone. He's got that Johnny pull to him, a little shorter guy, uh, and, uh, but, but he gets the job done, kind of an underdog, and he's been very, very strong. Uh, 19 points, 25 assists, 44 overall, 19 goals, by the way. Um, but, not so much of like Johnny Pohl being a little guy, but more of like a guy who's been an underdog throughout his career and has continued to score at every level so so far except the NHL. So we'll see what happens with Justin Kluse. Those are the two guys that have kind of been leading the way, along with Kyle O'Reilly, of course, who's the overall leading scorer with 42 assists there, 54 total points. Kyle Rao, also former Gopher, who's been very strong, the left winger there. Um, cool to have former Gophers on the roster, of course. Uh, Mr. Susie hasn't factored in the scoring, but he's still the top plus guy on the team. He's a plus 12 for Iowa. So let's move on and talk about college hockey a teeny tiny bit. Now, uh, Nick Sweeney. <laughs> I'm very happy to have Nick Sweeney. 7th round pick, 2017 Lakeville native, Minnesota Duluth forward there. I am very pleased with what I've seen from him, and it was fun to see. I'm number twenty-three out there for the maroon and gold Minnesota Duluth because they are the sister college of the Minnesota Gophers. They were playing the MSU Mankato yesterday evening, and Nick Swainy scored the goal that got the, that got Duluth on the board. Ended up getting things rolling. Finally got Duluth moving forward. Ultimately, Duluth goes to forces the game to overtime after trailing two nothing to MSU fairly early. It looked frustrating. D- Duluth looked frustrated and kind of like the air went out of the building. But then here they came, and they ended up surviving. They score what looked like the game-winning goal from Nick Sweeney. In overtime, it was waved off. But then just a few moments later, Duluth does score again anyway, and they advance to play Air Force. Air Force, that's right. Air Force has a college hockey team, Division I hockey team, because they defeated Bob Moscow, St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Cloud State Huskies. St. Cloud State Huskies, and they're over-the-top rowdy fans, and yeah, they like to call us lucky when we won in 2002, and it's like, Don Lucia responded better than anybody could possibly. He said, yeah, I'd rather be lucky than have no championships. Oh, burn! That's what he told the fan that called in to Don Lucia years ago. Um, (laughs) Well, St. Cloud has never won anything, and they've had some amazing seasons, amazing, and I'm sure some of you listening are from our St. Cloud Huskies fans, and I don't know if Bob Moscow should be the right guy. He's getting older, just like uh, Mike Gensel. I, I don't know, he's 55. Do you really want to hire a 55-year-old coach? How long does he want to stay, you know? I don't know. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong, Moscow and Gensel, they both deserve head coaching positions. Oh, obviously Moscow deserves a head coaching position, but should he just stay in St. Cloud and we go younger, like a Grand Batoni type? His team got beat in the uh, tournament final, or a uh, uh, conference tournament final, and that's why you have a team called Northeastern out there. What the oh no, that was Michigan Tech. Northeastern was another weird one, and teams like Northeastern, Michigan Tech, freaking Princeton. Princeton wasn't good all year, they won their tournament, and that's why the Gophers missed. Unbelievable, but it was nice to see Nick Swaney factoring in the scoring, and he almost scored the game winner. Uh, I like this Nick Swaney, he's got a future in the league. Another uh, Minnesota wild prospect plays for Providence. That's right, Providence. They beat Clarkson one nothing. Yuck. Uh, Brandon Duhame did not factor in the scoring. But he's an interesting player, and I kind of watched a bit on him yesterday. And he, he he's more of the kind of guy who likes to play in the slot, in the low slot and finish. Sometimes in the high slot, but he's got a nice quick release on those one-timers. And he can get those juicy rebounds as well. But he's got a teeny tiny bit of Parisi in him in terms of where he plays. His his style of play is more of a Parisi style. And I think Brandon Durham does have a future in the NHL at some point. Uh, fourth round pick last season, 2016, uh, the 2016 draft, not this most recent one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Brandon Durham, he's been more of a uh, assist man. For Providence, but he can score on occasion. Same thing with Nick Sweeney, who clearly you saw it yesterday and he had multiple chances throughout the game and he helped the Duluth uh, Bulldogs defeat MSU Mankato, another team who's had so many good seasons. And they've never done anything. So All these teams, I mean, they get all these recruits. I don't know if Don Lucia ignored the guys or if they beat Don to them or what the hell happened, but they have all these great recruits and they have these great regular seasons and they don't don't do a whole lot in the tournament. It's the only one that's been the constant in the tournament in terms of when they get there, they do something. That's Minnesota Duluth. And that's why in a lot of ways, not only the fact I like their, you know, I like the fact they're maroon and glow just like us. I've always loved the city of Duluth. I love Duluth with a passion. They will always be my second favorite college hockey team, Minnesota Duluth. So, And, of course, a lot of people that I know are uh, UMD fans. So go Duluth. <laughs> go Duluth over Air Force and return to that Frozen Four again as they won the whole thing not that long ago. Maybe they can pull it off again as a number three seed. I hate that they always knock the freaking uh, Gophers out of the tournament, though. That's the only thing I don't like about Duluth. They all, every time it's Duluth and Minnesota, well, again, what does that tell you? Duluth is winners, man, and the Gophers under Don Lucia, other than very early, have not been winners in the tournament, and that's where I got extremely frustrated with Don Lucia over the years. Um, And it's not all his fault, but at the same time, holy bleepin' cross, get your team ready to play in a game like that. I mean, why was that team not ready to play? Holy bleepin' cross. Come on. Same thing here, Air Force versus St. Cloud State. Why was your team not ready to win? And I know it's single elimination and all that, but you still got to get the job done. And these one-and-dones by top seeds is getting weird and ridiculous. It's happening too much. Um, and, of course, in in, uh, in basketball, it finally did happen the first time, but uh, 16th seed is even crazier than any fourth seed or whatever. Because <laughs> Hockey, of course, shrank down a hell of a lot compared to the... Uh, The NCAA basketball—it's already the 16 as you enter into the tournament. Ohio State versus Princeton coming up. Denver versus Penn State—the only team I like out of that whole portion of the bracket over there. Princeton, I guess. I—why would I cheer for Ohio State? I don't want any Big Ten team to win anything, and I hate Denver with a passion. Over many, many years of angst in the WCHA, I hate Denver. Uh, Penn State—I don't like them either. After what they did to us, you sons of bitches. You know we should be in your position. But nope, they took it from us, boy. And boy, did they ever. And you know what? That's that's what happens. I mean, <laughs> they outplayed us in four straight freaking games. And they deserve to be in the tournament. And we don't. And that's the, that's the end of that story. Notre Dame barely beat Michigan Tech. Ah, heartbreaking. Michigan Tech was the team that ultimately was the final uh, nail in the coffin for the Gophers. Lucia may have walked away anyway because if we're the fourth seed and we're playing St. Cloud State, which maybe we would have won, maybe we would have actually won because St. Cloud State chokes all the time, but so did the Gophers. They choke all the time too. We lost last year. Number one seed, we lost. Uh, we lost to Yale again. I mean, it was two times the Gophers were the number one team in the nation and lost in the first round. Unfreaking believable. Yale, and then again, I mean, we've lost with the number one seed multiple times in the Don era, and St. Cloud's been doing the same thing, but uh, there's that. Michigan versus Northeastern. Okay, well, go Northeastern, I guess. And Boston U versus Cornell. Well, it's too bad I don't get to talk about Jordan Greenway yet. And it's unfortunate that the Wild could not get Jordan Greenway because they won. So Boston U won their tournament. They beat Providence in that game. Maybe Providence might have been a number one seed. Maybe, but probably not. But Boston U did make the tournament because of that after having a pretty yucky season. But Greenway, very strong. He's Best player on that team and has got a future in the NHL. And if they lose to Cornell today in the afternoon, the earliest game there, 1 p.m., the uh, <laughs> then uh, let's get Jordan Greenway to Minnesota as soon as possible. Uh, Luis Belpedio, I should also mention, has been on the Iowa Wild the past week, four games, nothing. Unfortunately, a couple shots and goal, not a whole lot so far. Probably still getting his feet, wet at the AHL level, but not one of those guys who starts early at all. So unfortunately, that's how that's going with Luis Belpedio and the Iowa Wild. So that's the stage. That's the conversation with that. Uh, international. Well, I don't have a whole lot to say at this point in time. Um, (laughs) Just, uh, you know, again, Khabrizov, we'll talk about him later. (sighs) Just got to sit and wait. Uh, Same thing with Svetlikov. Svetlikov, who had basically a slightly better year than last year at the KHL level. Stuff like that. So, Khabrizov continues to be good. Hopefully he can... uh, eventually come to North America at some point. And I would welcome him with open arms. Kapu and the best uh, goalie in the uh, Minnesota Wild Farm system, I would have to say, particularly overseas, the Finnish goalie. So Wild have had pretty good success with Finland players, particularly at the goaltending position over the years. So, <laughs> Nicholas Baxham, at least, at the very least, <laughs> But, uh... Yeah, it's, it's fun. I love the NCAA hockey tournament. I watch every game that I can, and I mean every single one of them if I can, just just out of curiosity and see how these guys are doing, and it's fun. I, I like it more than the, than the basketball tournament, believe it or not. I didn't do a bracket or anything, which maybe I should have, but who, whom you know, I have nobody to compete against with it right now, and I wish I did. Oh, well. So that's how things are at this stage. Want well, to encourage you to join the Twitter account at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Give that a follow if you could. I want to thank Hockey Podcast for sharing the show and the and Vince Germano for retweeting the show. Thank you very much. Out of Australia, shout out to Vince Germano, Benny Allen out of Australia. Thank you guys very much. I think Tanae listens on occasion. Um, a lot of Purple Mafia listeners don't listen to the show, but some do. I think Mark Carlson does. He's he's been a he's been a off-and-on hockey fan over the years. And, of course, the Wild have been good for quite a while now. They've been competing. They've been in the playoffs. And we've had a couple of Don Lucia first-round exits. Ugh! Like last year, that was some real BS. Uh, Joel Quinville. Who could question Joel Quinville? His job could be in question. He's only got three Stanley Cups, and he's, like, one of the winningest coaches ever. So, I don't know. I wouldn't question Joel Quinville. I would just say, hey, you know, it's that's hockey. Salary cap. Reload, Rebuild, reload, all that. It's more of reload because they still have two stars who aren't that old yet, obviously. Uh, but hopefully they don't reload too quickly. <laughs> oh, boy. Scary. Well, they're going to get a decent draft choice. And if they continue to draft well, the Blackhawks will be back soon. And, I, you know, of course, as you do that over the course of several rounds in hockey, first round is what it is. But you got, you know, six more rounds to deal with there. Um, Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash... Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Do give that a like if you could and comment on the page. Always appreciated. Uh, MNW players. Facebook.com forward slash MNW players. Pava Bunet and Pavel Bunet. If I said I almost said Pava. Pavel Bunet and Merrick Skyba out of the Czech Republic. Of course, to keep up with all these guys. Pavel Jennings and Alex Steska are some of their favorites because they're from there. Obviously, they're both both—they're all from the Czech Republic there, so they know each other a little bit. At least they keep up with them at the very least. Um, Pavel has met Alex Steska, and he's kind of sad, frustrated a bit. At least that's what he heard a, a while ago, but Steska stepped up a little bit of late. Hopefully, he can make it to the NHL. We'll see what happens. Same with Pavel Jennings. Um... With that, of course, do give that page a like and follow. I'm proud to be an admin of that page as things will get up and running more and more in the future here. I've I've seen a lot of people join it, though, and that's great. Thank you. And I've seen a good number of people joining the Minnesota, or excuse me, the Brave the Wild Pacer page as well, and I appreciate you very much. Just start commenting. If you're listening to me right now, comment about something. Um, So. With that, there's the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into brave the wild. Do your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine. As mentioned, it is a voicemail, so it is, has a three-minute limit on that one. It's an actual voicemail, so... <laughs> but... Uh, with that also there's the call now button on the Facebook page, it goes through the same phone number through Facebook Messenger so it's completely free, same limit, same all that and then there's the uh, audio submission route, you can use the voice recorder on any smartphone on the planet, treat it like a phone call, keep it to about 5-ish minutes and if it's a little longer, I don't care You know, it's not like it's hurting me at all so as long as it's not like half an hour talking about uh, stuttering over yourself, that's probably not good, but I'm sure most of you don't want to do that anyway <laughs> that would be kind of embarrassing for you I know it would be embarrassing for me if I did that. So, but when you're done, save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. paladinolive at yahoo.com. And all this information will be in the show description for copy and paste or whatever you like to do purposes. And there it is. I will more than likely convert it into an MP3 file if need be. Because, yeah, I mean, with zomzar.com or Converto, depending on what type of file it is. And then it can be put right in here and have a little fan interaction segment, which is always very, very, very welcome to this show. Final shout-outs again, Jim Maddle, Sarah Maddle, Chance Kostick, David Kostick out there. Chad Wolski also, thank you guys very much for being uh, good friends, and uh, fun to talk hockey with you on Minnesota Wild Hardcore. It's always great. Uh, Pavel Jennings, or Pavel Jenny's. there I go again. <laughs> Pavel I post a lot on uh, Minnesota Wild Hardcore. He's also an admin there. So I'm definitely a strong ally to Minnesota Wild Hardcore, and they're strong allies to me as well. Thank you guys very much. I know some of you listen, and uh, Appreciate it very much. So we'll be talking to you soon, next week. Hopefully this three-in-one week is a reality and not a mirage.